0: This is the Mosaic Church podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world.
1: Well, this morning I want to talk to you about is basically, even though the new year is in January, but really it really just seems like a new year, new season uh, when school starts. So I want to talk to you about the, the power of vision and and how it can impact our lives. Um, if you, before you go home, uh, we do have some welcome cards and some invite cards uh, for you to invite your friends, for, especially for Friends Sunday, which is in a couple weeks. Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, where there's no vision, the people perish, and where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint, Heavenly Father, help us this morning to see what you want us to see. Lord, help us to have the vision that you have for our lives. We say thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. In Mark chapter 10, if you have your Bibles, you could turn there. It's a a story that many of us would already know. It's about blind Bartimaeus. In chapter 10 of Mark, verse 46, then they came to Jericho So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you, throwing his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. What a great story. So blind Bartimaeus was sitting on the roadside, as I just read, and he was sitting at his normal place. I imagine during those times that you would pick out a place, very much how you pick out a place at church, right? You typically sit at the same spot. Have you ever been to a church where you sat in someone else's spot that give you the evil eye? And I can imagine that blind Bartimaeus did the same thing. He just sat in his spot. He every day, he would, he would beg. And I imagine every morning, he wakes up, and he's probably thinking... Because I can imagine myself thinking, how much money will I make today? How much money, how many coins will I make today? I don't know what he was thinking, but I imagine he was hoping that he would make a few coins. What would you think if you were blind? Maybe you would be thinking about whether you could receive enough money and gifts to buy that one meal that you need. If you were in that situation centuries ago, lots of poverty, and you're blind, it's not like today where, well, not everybody who's blind is is well off, but today there's resources where people who have um, some disabilities can go and get help. But over there in those days, in that time period, you were stuck. Maybe he was thinking, I can get a few coins to buy one more meal. And then I can imagine what he must be thinking. What would it be like if things were different? If only he was fortunate enough to see like other people. I imagine he allowed his mind to wander off. If I could only see, if I could only see, certain things would begin to unfold in my life. But he was stuck in a world that was constantly dark. What would it be like to see? I imagine he was thinking. And if you can imagine yourself in his situation, and all of a sudden something begins to change. And and I can imagine day after day, you would think, well, nothing really different is going to happen. It's just going to be like a normal day. And I can't imagine what it would be like blind. So that's why I have this slide of just a fuzzy picture. Uh, This is uh, not all blindness means complete darkness. We had a friend in our ministry his name was Robert Biggs, and basically, uh, it, it would be blurrier than this. Robert Biggs was a unique character. Uh, we would take him uh, to church, and we would take him to places, and he would always sit in the back seat. And, and while you're driving, all of a sudden, you feel this fate hand in your face, and you're like, oh, you got, a, you got a little nose. Like, see, honey? He said, I have a little nose. Uh, but he would do that, and, uh, and it didn't matter who it was, and he wouldn't warn you. Just like all of a sudden, you got these fingers going on your face. Um, we would have to tell him he can't do that. Um, but Robert was uh, a wonderful person, and uh, I, won't t- I won't tell you all the funny stories we've had with Robert, because I've got to stick to the text. But blind Byrimaeus, I imagine, I don't know if he saw complete darkness, but maybe he saw something like this. But this day that he's going to meet Jesus is not like any other day, like any other day where people would stop or walk right through, or pass right through, and maybe somebody would stop and give him a coin. As he sat by the roadside, he began begging as his normal routine, and he heard that Jesus and his disciples were coming down the road. And his followers, of course, were ahead of him, and uh, there were some curiosity seekers, and there was even a time where I imagine Bartimaeus could hear very well and could hear the commotion and he heard the noise, and he's told, he was told that it was Jesus the Nazarene, and once he heard it was Jesus, he figured this is his moment, that this is his moment, because he had heard of Jesus. Some had claimed he was the Messiah. Others, he heard that he had done miracles, and he wanted to see, so he shouts out to Jesus as though this was his only opportunity. Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But some of the crowd said, as the scripture says, be quiet, leave the master alone. But he would not be quiet. And the Bible says that he cried out all the more, Jesus, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. As a result of his persistence, Jesus, we we see and we read in the story, heals him. Because he had a great desire to see, and he knew that Jesus could help him to see. If you had a million dollars and you were blind, I imagine you would use your money, whatever money it would take, to see again. We would gladly exchange a million dollars for eyes to see. We would not let any obstacle stand in our way, and we would pay the price if, if we had it, of our, and, and do it gladly with personal wealth, and personal sacrifice so that we could see again because we value the physical sight that we have. But I want to transition to something that we already read in Proverbs that's a little bit more valuable. Well, I would say a lot more valuable because it will help us to understand what our purpose is here on this planet. There's another kind of sight that Jesus talks about and it's our, in our text in Proverbs, it says this. It says, where there's no vision, when we are blind, the people perish. Where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. And I pray that every single one of us, I believe that God is speaking to us and to myself, that we would get a, his vision, not a new vision, but his vision in understanding for our purpose in our life where there's no vision or slash mission, the people perish. The vision spoken here in Proverbs is not with our physical eyes, but it goes beyond our physical capacity, and it's the kind of vision which we so desperately need in our lives, especially, I would say, today, and in our families and in our communities and in our church. Every year... um, we would get tested uh, in school. Do you guys remember that when you get vision tests and hearing tests? On a side note, I used to fake the hearing test. I cannot hear out of my right ear. Have never been able to, uh, out of my right ear. And I would get tested, but those days, if you know my story, I used to wear long hair. And I figured if I couldn't hear the beep, it's probably on this side, so i just raise my hand. Passed every
0: year. I was pretty good. But every year we take a vision test. We were poor. I never saw an eye doctor. Never.
1: And I didn't know I needed to see an eye doctor. I had no clue that I was looking down the road like this until I had to take my driver's license test. And I get up there, and they're like, what lines can you see? Like, I don't see anything. Failed my driver's vision test because I was looking at the letters. And I always wonder why, you know, we'd have competition. Uh, What's the next road name, and, like, and I'd lose every time, and I, and I thought, wow, this guy has special Superman vision. Little did I know that I had bad vision, but where there's no vision, the people perish. I kept thinking, you know, I've, I've shared this part of uh, my message before with Martin Luther King. He t- stood before a crowd, and he said, I have a dream, or I have a vision, and he proceeded to share his dream and his vision and and what kind of country America could be, and his dream and his vision gave our country hope. It gave us direction. It gave us inspiration, and it gave something for us to to point to and say we want that, and it gave us purpose for living. So we can either be on a random journey of life and just, just randomly go without real direction or purpose we don't know what goals we're reaching for, or we could have a purpose. We could have our vision that God has given us as individuals and as a church and as a community. Vision makes a difference. When you have proper vision, it makes a difference. You can see clearly. You can drive correctly. You can see, and I remember I, was, I played baseball, and I had a batting average below my body weight. And I was as skinny or skinnier than Micah in the sixth grade. In the sixth grade, I weighed 63 pounds. And I had a batting average of 61. And I never knew why until I was 16 years old and it was driver's licensed. I couldn't see. I was wondering why I would have, I was, you know, I thought I was pretty good athletically, you know. And, and I had one one game, I had seven errors. I was playing second base.
0: Without. Vision, people perish. What kind of vision do you have? What kind of vision do we
1: have? And I would say few people really understand the concept of vision. So what about you? Do you have vision? Do you have vision? I think that if we look at people's lives that have accomplished great things, we could all point to that they had good vision. They could, they could see what what they were aiming for. Visionaries succeed because they see a vision which drives them forward, because without vision, they would never reach their designated desire. A vision guides us for clarification. Vision is what we see in the distance. Vision is what we see in the distance and where we want to go. Think of horizon, think of purpose, it's the why. Do you have a vision purpose for your family? Do you have a vision statement for your family? Do you have a vision statement for your your life? You know, the Bible has a vision statement for us as a church. Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. To seek and save that which is lost. That's his vision, why he came. And I thank God for it because he he found me. He had to do a little dumpster diving to find me, but he found me because he came to seek and save that which was lost. He came to heal those who were brokenhearted. He came to see and heal those who were lost without a shepherd. And Jesus had a vision, he had a plan to seek and save those which were lost, to reunite his creation back to the creator. That's his vision. And I would say that's our vision as a church, to help, to help bring and reunite people back to his, our father, the creator. That's our vision, so people will ask, Pastor Mario, what's your vision statement? Hey, I'm just doing what Jesus is doing. I don't have a separate plan than what Jesus has. To save which is lost, to see our church, our community, our city, uh, to reach its God-given purpose and design. And that's why one of the reasons we're praying on on August 25th at night, not just for this campus, but for our city and for our families, so that we could live in the fullness of God's purpose I have a next picture of a harbor. I believe Dr. Pete's mom manages a harbor. Probably something similar to this. When you don't have purpose and you don't have vision, it's like having a sailboat or a boat that's constantly docked. It looks nice, but there's no purpose. That those boats were designed to do something, and I. Guarantee you, it wasn't to sit in a harbor 24-7 because these boats aren't living up to its purpose at its current state. And I'm wondering for us, if we don't have proper vision, we kind of lose our purpose. Now, just to clarify things, and uh, when I say vision, I actually mean our destination. And sometimes I might mix two words, vision and mission. The mission is how I get to my destination. I have a picture of a map. So if you ever travel, and as you know, some of you know that I travel a little bit. I travel a lot, actually. I was waiting for the chuckle. And uh, sometimes I have to travel, and I'll put in the GPS, or my phone GPS, where I want to go. Last week, I was in Orlando. So I put my destination. My vision statement is where I want to end up. My mission statement is how I'm going to get there. And my GPS began to tell me, I-10, I-75, Turnpike, and so forth and so on. So my mission is how I get there. My vision is my destination. If you were asked an average member, and I hope that you would know, where is your church going Some people might reply, well, we're not going anywhere. Our church is not up for sale. And let me just tell you, the church is
0: not the building. Where are we going as a church? That's a good question. Where are we going? Are we just having Sunday morning
1: services just so we can do something on Sunday morning? You know, one of the biggest challenges for people, new people who come to church, you know, you used to do a service, well, did they like our service? You know, was the music too loud? Was it, A lot of times, the people that have been surveyed, the people that have been surveyed who do not come back to church isn't because they didn't like the pastor or they didn't like the music or people weren't friendly. Typically, the typical American uh, visitor, the biggest challenge is not this. It's the habit of not having the bigger vision of of wanting just to sleep in, you know, just have a late brunch and not ever go. That is a, a habit that people get into, and that's the tough one. And so, again, we kind of lost our mission and our vision statement. And so people just kind of wander like a boat uh, in harbor, never living up to its, its purpose. Again, to be clear, to seek, our vision is to seek and save that which is lost. That's his vision for us to see our church and our community to reach our city for God's so that they would fulfill God's purpose and plan for each life. Our mission, just so you know, as we begin this, our mission, there's a purpose for our, uh, for our lives, is to make disciples. Why do we have small groups? Why do we have Sunday class, Sunday morning classes? It's not just so we can do something on Wednesday night. It's not just for for fellowship, although that's a byproduct. It's for discipleship, so that people would begin to live out their purpose and plan that God has designed for us. If we don't do that, we're boats in a harbor. We're boats in a harbor. So the Bible says that without vision, the people perish. Without vision, you don't really get a revelation from God And we're talking about God's vision, God's direction, God's guidance in our lives. So what is your vision for your family? We just had a baby dedication, basically a vision dedication. We want to see Hadley to come to the knowledge and the saving grace of Jesus Christ in her life. Vision statement. And then we talked about mission statement. Well, how are they going to do that? How is that going to happen? Well, it's going to happen when mom and dad live it out daily in their homes. If they don't live it out at home, it's going to be much more difficult. And then part of Hadley's vision statement is when she comes to church, that she sees that you're living it out. That's the mission, that we begin to set an example, that we're discipling, setting the example to those uh, and when I say disciple, I mean those who are being, you know, we're teaching others and we're also being taught. It's not just one way. It's two ways. One of the biggest challenges in Kaiafa ministry among our ministers is that they're all believe in one way discipleship. I asked 100 ministers, campus ministers, how many of you believe in discipleship? And they all raise their hand. How many of you uh, have, uh, you're discipling someone? They all raise their hand. How many of you are being discipled? Three or four hands went up. That's not a good sign. So when we say discipleship, so our church is committed to making uh, followers and and followers of Jesus, disciples, someone who's discipling someone and is being discipled, that discover Jesus. This is our little motto in our church on our website if you look at it, that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others. I believe God is concerned how we live our lives so that we can fulfill his plan and purpose. I used to think, Lord, are you sending me to XYZ country? Are you sending me to that city? I used to think God sent me to Tallahassee so that I can win Tallahassee for Jesus. That's why I left Sarasota. That I was gonna be the the conduit for salvation to the university. Little did I know that God had a bigger plan and purpose for my life, was to help me, Mario, to become everything that he designed for me to be. I thought I went, I came here to see them saved, but I came here to see me get saved. Because there was so, much, so many things in my life that still needed to align itself to his plan and purpose. And God used them to change me. Now, I pray that because of the change, Mari, that people would come to know Christ. Let's move forward because we're running out of time. Here's a picture of a a boat. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Bill was the the chairman of the Sailors Club at Florida State. I don't know if he was or not, but he used to get a sailboat at the the res. Um, These are the parts of a sailboat. When when you do not have vision that's uh, given by God and you don't have a purpose given by God, it's like saying, I don't I don't have a keel. Let me tell you something, that keel will keep you balanced. Uh, If you don't have a rudder, you're not gonna go anywhere you want. So if you don't have vision, and I think it's purpose, if you don't have a keel, and if you don't have a rudder, and if you don't have a mainsail and a jib, let me just tell you something, what you're gonna do. You ready? What's gonna happen? you're gonna just float. You're just gonna float. There will be no purpose. There will be no direction in your life. I wish this little diagram also had an anchor because an anchor sometimes is very useful. I was on the boat with my brother on 4th of July and we, we parked in the bay to watch the, the fireworks at Sarasota and he dropped the anchor. So that we, Why would we drop the anchor? So that we don't just float in everywhere or anywhere. And that we wouldn't run into other boats. The anchor also has a purpose. To keep us safe. To keep us safe. And so, uh, because the, the sailboat, and I have a next picture. Now, I've never been on a sailboat like this, but, and I don't think I ever want to. But uh, this is the purpose and plan of a boat. If this boat was in this storm with this wind condition, without a rudder, or without a keel, without its purpose it would run into danger quickly. If there was no storm, they would drift. And so without vision, the people perish. They just perish. They just flounder in life without purpose. If we could just go back to the first vision one, that'd be fine. Where there's no vision, the people perish. The kind of vision we need is a vision which will give us purpose for our lives. Every single one of you should say, Lord, what is, what is the vision for my life? What do you have? You know, right, it's hard. I know I've, I've lived this. It's, you know, before I used to think my vision for, as a father and as a husband was just to get out of debt. That was like my only vision. If I could just pay my bills. If I could just pay my mortgage. If I could just get to, but God has something. I, I believe that we are designed not to stay in the harbor, but to, to sail through waters that God has called us to sail into. What kind of people will we be? And we need to find out his direction. You know, if you ask a lot of people, you know, uh, what would you do with a million dollars? You know, have you ever seen that show where the people have won the lottery? Did you see what happens to them? No purpose. They thought their vision, their purpose was to be rich. And when they became rich, because they weren't the people that God wanted them to be, it began to corrupt them. What is God's vision and mission for us as a church, as individuals and as a church? Our vision for our church at Mosaic Church is Jesus' vision, to seek and save that which is lost, to begin to encourage one another, to fulfill our destiny, that God's
0: plan and purpose for our lives. And we shouldn't settle for anything less. It's
1: a, it's a sad day when we see people not living to its potential. I imagine some of you as teachers, you experience that daily. I imagine Eric in middle school, you probably see a, a kid that has so much potential but doesn't
0: live up to his potential and settles for something less. No vision. No vision. That, that kid, that child is probably just living for the day, has no bigger plan and purpose.
1: And so as Christians, we know we have a bigger plan and purpose, like God, why did you bring me here? Why did you bring me on this planet? Why did you put me in my family? And you should begin to ask those questions. And again, uh, all our individual family visions should fit nicely and coincide with God's bigger plan. It's not outside his plan. You know, we don't pray, Lord, bless my plan, No, we say, Lord, what is your plan? Lord, help us. Where do we fit into your master plan? And so without vision, the people perish. Where there's no revelation, and we don't have time to talk about that, the people cast off restraint. And we shouldn't settle for anything less than God's plan and purpose for our lives. Again, what kind of people are we? I'll finish with this. The other day, I was at a conference and I spoke on marriage. And of course, when you speak on marriage, what happens a few days before you speak on the conference of marriage?
0: You get in a fight with your spouse, that's what you do. And of course, we had a doozy. <clears throat> so, what did I tell our students, our college students?
1: I said, God's more concerned right now about who we are as people.
0: So that when you have a doozy of an argument, how do you how do you handle that? What kind of person are you when you
1: have an argument? What kind of person are you when you have a marriage that uh, is struggling? What kind of person are you when uh, things aren't unfolding the way you thought they should? So we could all say, you know, I just want this beautiful marriage where everybody's happy, um, everybody's healthy, uh, all the children are compliant, they're doing really well in school. What kind of person when that doesn't unfold? So what's your vision, your purpose? Now, I haven't really given you the 10 steps how to have that perfect vision because everybody, all of us are are a little bit unique. But our big, big vision should be that, God, we want to do what you've designed us to do. So the ultimate goal is not to be, you know, like a minister. Like, that's not the end all, be all. No. The end all, be all is to be everything that God has designed me to be. That's my vision, my purpose. Lord, what can I do to glorify you the greatest? What am I designed here? What's my purpose here? And one of the big things is to seek and say that, which is, Lord, help me to live a life that is drawn to people, but people are drawn to my life, not because of me, but because of him. Lord, I want to live a life that my own kids aren't confused about the gospel. For Pastor Mario says one thing, but he lives and he does another. That's why it's important who we are. Part of that is our vision and our plan and our purpose. I don't have time to go on, but this is going to be a part two next week but your vision. So I'm going to pray this, that all of us would recapture or understand our purpose and vision for our lives in our family and in our church. What's your your vision for this church? What has God given you that fits in his plan in our church? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you, Father, that we understand that this kind of vision it's super important.
0: Super important. Just like Bartimaeus was super important for him to see
1: physically, Lord, it's super important for us to see spiritually.
0: Because, Lord, we know without vision, without vision, Lord, there's perishing that's involved.
1: Lord, we don't want our, our lives to perish. We don't want our families to perish. We don't want our city to perish. Lord, we want your vision for our lives. Lord, I pray for every family right now. Lord, I know I've been in the middle of it. Sometimes you just kind of lose your bigger grand purpose and, and vision. You're just trying to survive the day. Lord, I just pray, God, for every family here, every person here, Lord, that you would begin to just remind them of their plan and purpose for their lives. Lord, it's hard when you're in the middle of it. It's hard when you're in the middle of the storm, like a boat in the middle of a storm. But Lord, thank you, God, that because of your vision, and Lord, that, and then we've we've relied on you, Father, we have those things that bring us direction in our lives. It helps us to become who you designed us, Lord. Because of who you designed us to be and we submitted to that, Lord, we can weather these storms that come through our lives. And all of us, all of us go through storms. Without vision, the people perish. Lord, I say thank you, Father, for every family, every person, and for our church. Lord, I pray, God, that you would begin to instill in all of us the vision that you've given us as a church and that we would begin to play a part in that. We love you, Father. And we ask a blessing upon each person here. Lord, pray for the schools, the teachers. Lord, I pray for safety in our community. And Lord, I pray, God, that all of us would be able to be used by your your glory to, to point people to Jesus. If not today, tomorrow, if not tomorrow, this week. Lord, help us as we live out your vision and purpose. We love you, Father. We thank you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. May the Lord be with you. He is risen. God bless you. We are dismissed.
0: We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.